Welcome back to After the Week. Finally, we're back. Will, how do you feel? We've been, you know, we were, well, we didn't do last week's show because I was dying. I was going to say, how I feel is irrelevant. How do you feel? No, I was going to say, how are you feeling and that we're back? Because, okay, so last week, this was, I already knew I wasn't going to make it. Like, there was no way. So I would try to talk, Will, and this was like, like that, like that terrible sound that you just heard was all that I could manage to get out. By the way, sorry to the audio and listeners, but um, it was so bad, Will. Like I wasn't gonna make it on this show. So I'm so happy that we're back. Uh, yeah, I am too. Uh, yeah, you had texted me at like 3 a.m. the morning before uh, last week. Like, I don't think this is happening. It was 3 a.m. when I texted you? It was pretty early. Bro, I, I was already like drugged out <laughs> on like cough syrup and tea. I don't think I had any sort of like, I didn't know like what time it was or anything. I, I want to see the exact time. Uh, just Oh my be... God, Will. Uh, I, I want to know. I want to know. No, because this is... How this is, this is how this I just want to put it into perspective how we found out exactly when I wasn't doing after the week this week. Uh, yeah, whatever. I can't find it because we've had a lot of texts this yeah, week. Yeah, I was going to uh, say you would have to insert keywords and I don't even remember what like, oh, I think I put like bad news or something. Uh, yeah, something like that. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I was literally on my couch, though, and I was like, <laughs> literally like that. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Uh, but how how are you this week? Do you feel yeah. better? Do you feel energized? Do you have that like fresh after sickness, new energy? Not yet. It's still not there. It's taking forever. But today's the first day that I haven't taken medicine, so at least I'm I'm doing pretty good. But I had to take medicine all the other days. But I'm still I feel good. You know, like I'm here. I'm alive. Not dead. Could it was one thirty a.m. By the way, I did find it. Oh my god, one thirty a.m. Your time? Uh huh. So it's twelve thirty your time. Okay, so there you go. That should tell you. Yeah, it was it was, was still dying. like I I woke up in the middle of the night like one of those like late night peas, and I'm like, oh, let me just oh, look at my phone. You were already asleep. I was completely asleep. I woke up what? and I'm like, oh, guess I'm not doing it after the week. You don't seem like a person who goes to sleep at like one thirty. Um, you seem like a three a.m. type person. <laughs> really? Uh, for everything <laughs> I try to get done. No, it depends. Uh, lately, I've been getting to bed. Before midnight, the last couple of nights, I have been. By the way, the oh one God, thing you're that a Grandpa will, I go to sleep every night past midnight. I know you do. I I <laughs> I know when you're online, Denise. Uh, but the I don't know. Last night, I didn't even make it through a full episode of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel before I'm like, I can't do this. I'm going to bed, and uh, I passed out. By the way, this season really freaking good. Uh, I know. I already watched the first three episodes. I, I know you have. I'm talking to the audience. Um, but <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. saying <laughs> I love how you were like, it's a really good season so far, but I haven't finished the episode one. No, I'm like, what? No, I fin- no, I finished episode one. I haven't finished okay. two. Uh, but the but thing I've watched one episode so I've far. I've watched one and a half. Okay, one and a half. Excuse me. But the thing that show does best, it's still continuing to do, which is its dialogue. I freaking yes. love it. It's great. Yes. Um, and... They make like nonsense. For those who haven't seen the show, they make like nonsense, nonsense, like the most mediocre, like conversations that aren't supposed to be funny, funny somehow. Well, and, and it's... Uh, like so... the most mundane conversations. There you yeah. go. 
Well, it's so the part about the toe already. The toe. Yes. Yeah. Okay. The toe part killed me. I was dying and I couldn't laugh when I was watching the show because I still had my coughs. I would go, I would start laughing and then I would go into a cough. So, but I was dying over the toe. Yeah. The toe stuff was really good. No, the stuff I'm really liking is the stuff they're doing in the cold opens with the flashing forward to the future. That stuff's really good as well. And that uh, one got me in the feels too. Got me oh yeah, field. no. I the, on the second episode, the the stuff with Susie and and Midge not being, not having a relationship anymore, that breaks my heart. Ah, uh, I can't believe. I know it's over. a lot. It's a lot, but we'll get to we'll this go- thing. Well, for those that are fans of the show or haven't checked out the show, check out the show. It's a fun one. Yes. All right, let's get to this. Will I want to start off by asking you how you felt overall about the wrestling week this week? Great. Uh, actually, I so Raw had what I like to call the rubber band effect, which is where something goes so bad in one direction that it almost snaps back in the other. And I thought Raw was really good this week, considering how awful really that good shit for was. Raw standards or really good in general. I thought it was a really good. Period. I thought it was just a great show. Uh, and Dynamite, I enjoyed a lot of the developments out of Dynamite. Uh, uh did I watch as? I tried to watch as much as I could this week. I think I even watched Impact. Um, I watched Impact this week too, actually. Yeah, okay. I need some help, folks, for people who watch Impact on the regular. I used to be a regular Impact viewer. Now I catch it on occasion. I need people, because I know there's an event tonight. I need people to explain the Impact pay-per-view schedule to me like I'm five. They have one, like, literally, I feel like every month they have one, like, pay-per-view show on uh, Impact Plus, and then they have a couple that are done on, like, Just Fight TV. I always get confused which ones are on Impact Plus and which ones are on Fight. And that, that's I'm just confused about the entire schedule. Like, what's what and why? I feel like there's literally one every month, like, at least a big one every month, for sure. Like, even if they're not on Fight, they're at least on the Impact Plus pay-per-views. I used okay. to do the Impact Plus pay-per-views for Fightful, <laughs> but then I stopped doing that because they got like uh-huh. no views. So <laughs> people didn't care about Impact, which sucks because it's a good it's a good show. Like mm-hmm. all of those pay-per-views when I was covering them um, on like a monthly basis, I was enjoying them. I was like, damn, like these pay-per-views top to bottom are really freaking good. And so I recently had to start watching Impact again. I started watching this week and I watched a little last week um, because of Busted Open. So I had to make sure like I'm, you know, aware of what's going on there. So I've slowly started to like, you know, come back in. But when I was watching and covering those monthly pay-per-views, those were some of the ones that, how do I say this? There were some of the easiest shows to watch. Right. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, like, I, I am seeing... Uh, yes, they so- do have Friday pay-per-views, and that also really messed up when I stopped watching, um, when I stopped covering them on Fightful, because they used to be on Saturdays. So on Saturdays, they had the pay-per-views. It was really easy for me because I had nothing else going on. But then when they moved them to Friday, it was like, well, I already have responsibilities, you know, someplace else, so I can't, you know, do the Impact shows anymore. And so that was, you know, a whole thing. Yeah, and again, but why... But today's Sunday. So, like, I, I truly don't understand their schedule. And it throws me off every time. Uh, I feel like there's uh, no regularity to it. And so whenever I look up and I'm like, oh, they're promoting another Impact event. Wasn't there just one last week? Is this one on Fight? Is this one on Impact yeah. Plus? I yeah. don't know. So either way, that's why I was like, just explain it to me like I'm five years old. 
at <laughs> the Impact Pay Per View schedule. <laughs> Oh man. So this is good. This one's a good one. This one's from Devil Kasuya who says impact is gonna impact. And yes. I you know what I usually do? I usually just go on their I actually check their website a lot for their events and that's mm-hmm. how I figure out like what their schedule is um for the shows and whatnot. But I do try to watch at least the pay-per-views. I don't get to watch the television weekly, but I do watch the pay-per-views. Um and then uh okay, so Anyways, kind of got off on a tangent here. Um, That's what we do best. It's what we do best. All right, everyone, before we get into our best and worst of the week, uh, just a heads up, if you guys want to help support this podcast, uh, keep me to be able to keep affording Will because Will is an expensive man. Yeah. Will is an expensive man. And, I got to keep and paying getting more expensive. Channel. Getting more expensive by the minute. Um, no, but for reals, guys, um, please send in these super chats if you guys can, if you want, um, and they just... You get your question, your comment, your statement read here on the podcast, and it also helps support the show. But um, let's get into this. So um, I think this week's best and worst list is going to be pretty similar. Will, to you, I have a feeling. Uh, Maybe. There's at least one thing that's going to be different, though. There was little conversations that you and I had that I was Uh like, yeah, we're going to have the same thing. (laughs) I guess we'll see. (laughs) We are. Watch. It's going to happen. I just know it. By the way, I was usually so- I'm the one who's on that track, but this time you're like, I know, you- yeah. yeah, no, but right. also last week I was so pissed that we that you know that I was sick and dying and couldn't do the show because I really want I felt very passionate last week about my worst and for once and I wasn't able to actually do it and so I need that to hear made what it me is very upset oh my worst for last week because uh-huh. that was still in the period of WrestleMania so I was gonna go with the finish of Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes as my worst. <laughs> And I was so excited about it. And then, oh. and then it just didn't get to happen. So I was very disappointed that I didn't get to go on a rant last week. So unfortunately, sorry, everybody. Rant missed. I am still on that. I'm still like wrong call, wrong call, wrong call. But you know, I know there's a lot of people that are defending it. And oh, yeah. it's happening. It's, it's, out, it's one of the things that I feel has gotten people the most split in a very long time. Oh, people in the biz are defending it. And... Uh, I think there's there's a question that keeps getting asked that I feel like there is an answer to. And they're asking the wrong question. I keep hearing people going, uh, Paul Heyman said it. Bully Ray said it. They both said, if Cody had won, what would be next for Cody? Um, I don't know. The freaking thing he's doing right now. To me, when people say that, I feel like it kind of buries the creative. You're already saying, mm-hmm. they ain't going to come up with no ideas. That's it. There ain't no yeah. ideas. To me, that's like, whatever. But, but the thing that gets me is he's doing something right now. He could be doing that for the title. I Meanwhile, know. Roman's not doing anything. So the question to me would be, if Roman retained, what's next for him? At the moment, the answer is... Nothing. He's not even on Backlash. We're not going to see him again until we get into the build for uh, for Night of Champions. But other than that, he's not around. Now, here's something. So I was uh, on Saturday. I was working this event with uh, it's MMA, right? So but mm-hmm. there's, you know, a lot of crossover with some people that work in that space that are wrestling fans. So I was talking to one guy in particular and his reasoning for being a fan of the outcome was that he was happy that he couldn't 
predict. Um, he said he felt it was too predictable when everybody was thinking that Cody Rhodes was going to win and that he was happy when it wasn't predictable. And so that was that was his reasoning for not for actually for actually, you know, enjoying the finish. And I had a couple of other people say the exact same thing. But then I had somebody else say, and this was yesterday on Busted Open, somebody else called in and they said that WWE's MO is to pretty much always, you know, do this to the fans, right? To kind of like think you're giving the moment and then don't give the moment. So then I'm thinking, okay, so then it was predictable if you think about it. So even yes. though people were saying it was predictable for Cody Rhodes to win, had he won, it would have been predictable. But then at the same time, you can argue that it's also predictable that WWE stuck to their MO of always disappointing the fans. I mean, you can I, I, I feel like on that direction. On the I feel like predictability. Factor. Yeah. And the thing is, I don't care about predictability if it's the right finish. I remember, look, I've been at this long enough to remember that in uh, 2014, there were people screaming, man, what if like Daniel Bryan just lost to Triple H? How unpredictable would that be? Wouldn't that be unpredictable? Yeah, that also sucks. Who cares? Like, I don't care if it's unpredictable. I don't care if it's predictable. Give me the right outcome. Give me a good outcome. Um, maybe they have a better outcome down the line for whenever Roman loses the title, for whenever Cody Rhodes wins the title, if either of those things are going to happen. But as far as what happened at WrestleMania is concerned, You'll never get back a night with 80,000 fans in attendance with uh, that much hype and anticipation. That was the most watched night of WrestleMania in the history of WrestleMania. You will never get those two things back. Maybe you'll have a better benchmark night, but you will never get that night back on Cody's first night challenging for the title. I even, I've said this on Grapsity, but uh, there's even a built-in storyline for Brock. Think about the fact that what was the stipulation at SummerSlam last year? That if Brock lost, he could never challenge again. He could never challenge Roman again for the title. What a built-in reason for Brock to attack Cody Rhodes, right? If Cody was now champion and all of a sudden him, yes. Brock has an opportunity now to go after the title. That is, that writes itself. When you say what would be next for Cody Rhodes, that that makes perfect sense but no we're still here we're still doing this thing we're gonna get to our thousand days for roman reigns they're gonna make a graphic it'll go up on social media people will be like hey roman reigns made a thousand days as champion and then we'll move on and it'll it's be gonna last meaning... about like and you know but it's gonna bring back the argument though will which one the, the just the general wrong call oh. right call type deal yes exactly and like I don't know. Well, are you going to celebrate when Roman hits 1,000 days? Is that a good thing for you where you're going to be like, wow, that is so awesome. That is so incredible. Applause, applause, applause. Denise, I don't know, Will. I'm asking what do you, you take me? What do you take me for? <laughs> and, and I love Roman's run. Don't get me wrong. I think it's a great reign. I think, but I think you shouldn't book for benchmarks. Uh, that's my only thing. I think the benchmarks should come because things are working. Uh, you should shouldn't go for it just to go for it. And I felt that way about many things. I thought, uh, because WWE has booked for benchmarks before. Like I always think about Nikki Bella as um, Divas champion and setting that record and how they let her hold it too long simply to get her the record. Don't do that. Just book for the timing. And if you happen to get a record in the process, cool. But don't book for the record. That annoys me. 
for the record, we got a super chat. <laughs> Sheldon Jackson sends in one insane. Uh, here we go. He says, Bound for Glory, Slammiversary, Rebellion, and Hard to Kill are Fight TV pay-per-views. Everything else is on Impact Plus. Okay. He explained it to you like a five-year-old. Thank you, Sheldon. You, you, okay. you, you, you just moved up to the top of the list, Sheldon. Sheldon's the guy here. Thank you, uh, we appreciate that, man. Thank you so much. Um, Devil Kazuya says, Denise Worst, Taylor Swift and Joe Allen breakup. Will, I know you're not up to date with this world, but this happened when I was sick, by the way. And is this, this what is made you sound, sick? This is going to sound really weird to say out loud, but maybe you'll understand it as Mar Mariah Carey fan. I don't know. But I went into a depression about that, by the way. Not like a massive depression, but like a little depression. I was so just heartbroken over this. I, I felt so heartbroken about this breakup. It, it, I was just laying there thinking about it. It was so sad. I don't want to talk about it. Devil really? Kazuya 27, thank you for sending this in. Your business brain didn't go, ooh, more Taylor music. No, no, you don't. It's it's hard to explain, Will. It's hard to explain. I don't even want to get into it because it'll be like a forty minute discussion. But just know that I took I didn't take it so well. Um, <laughs> it's hard to explain unless you're a fan. Um, we got Lab Gloss uh, who sends in a super chat saying, uh, "What's more predictable, Cody winning his first shot or a rematch further down the line or another run win for Roman?" They're all oh, predictable. Okay, okay, okay. Everything you said there is predictable. <laughs> in the sense that uh, I think the question is which one's more likely uh, to happen. Uh, what, what he says? What's no, no, more no. I know, I know, yeah. but I'm saying that his question should have been instead, which one is most likely to happen? Oh, okay. Um, I mean, the rematch further down the line, I guess. Uh, in, but again, I feel like because going back to the predictability factor, that this question does bring up something interesting to me. Being that Cody lost in his first shot because, and people say that should have happened because it would have been predictable if he won. If he gets the rematch, isn't that also more predictable if it ends up happening, say, at SummerSlam? Yeah, but well, the dis but here's the argument. <laughs> the argument from other people, not me, by the way, but I'm just stating this. The mm -hmm. argument, though, is that he hasn't had enough adversity for some people. Remember, that's the argument. Yeah, and Cody cut a promo on that this week that was excellent so that's what i'm saying so i think that because even though yes it would be more predictable and it, it would still be predictable in the rematch at least now it would be defended in the way that it's like well he lost to wrestlemania so you know he came back up and he's had his story of redemption i don't know i'm just don't shoot the messenger here i'm just telling you what the people are saying cm pepsi sends in a super chat saying roman till next mania i'm okay with it are you okay with it will I mean, okay with it in the sense that will I deal with it? Sure. Why not? Uh, am I okay with it? No. There's other... I would like to see other heels in the challenger position. And the only way that happens is with a babyface as the champion. I would like to see the dynamic change. That's all. Thank you, CM Pepsi, for sending in this super chat. All right, let's go ahead and get into our best and worst of the week. But here we go. We're kicking things off with a uh, best of. And let's get into, I'm pulling up our banners here. I couldn't find them. Will, what's your third best of the week? All right. So those of you who have been following me a long time, I see a few of you out there know that I have been a very, very long time Trish Stratus fan. Oh, yes. We had this discussion, you and I. Yes. There's very few wrestlers whose careers I know better. Probably like 
five or six. Could probably name every match she's ever had and everything she's ever done in her career. Been a big Trish Stratus fan. One of the things I feel Trish Stratus does incredibly well is play a heel role. And it always sucked to me that as a pro wrestler, and I I say this in the sense that when Trish first came in, she was obviously in a manager role, and uh, then she went into the um, McMahon's kind of love slave role, and then eventually she got to break out and become a pro wrestler. But as a pro wrestler, she only really got to play a heel for like a year when she turned heel on Chris Jericho in 2004, and then she basically played a heel till like right after Backlash 05. And that's all we got to see of her as a heel. And But in that year, we got some great stuff. We got her uh, trolling Lita and Kane's wedding. We got to see her uh, going after Christy Hemi. We got to see her and Lita main event Raw uh, with that first ever main event, that, that epic match between the two of them. Um, we got to see her do a lot in that role. And then it was gone. And we've heard her say in interviews that she wants to play a heel again in her career. And uh, she turned heel this week. And that made me very, very happy. Uh, So, of course, the storyline as it played out was that Lita was attacked backstage at Raw. And we knew that Lita and Becky Lynch had to defend their WWE Women's Tag Team titles uh, against Raquel and Liv Morgan. Trish Stratus steps in to fill the role for Lita to help her defend the titles. And Lita, or and Trish ends up getting pinned in what I thought was actually a pretty good match uh, for the tag titles and a great victory for Liv Morgan, somebody who once actually somewhat, I, I guess you could say, cosplayed as Trish Stratus on TV. She definitely um, had her t- attire be an homage to old school Trish at one point. And so to see her get that victory over Trish Stratus was uh, a good moment for her. And now we have new tag team champions, Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez. Uh, I will not get into how much it annoys me that we have another women's tag team made up of two people who are barely a tag team. That part doesn't matter here. After the match was over, though, Becky Lynch goes to console Trish over having just lost, and Trish takes her down, hits her with a chick kick, and uh, there's so many places this feud can go, and I am excited about it. Trish Stratus turned heel. That's my number three here. There's places I want to see this go. Hell, I thought about the fact that... um, if I could fantasy book this for a second, uh, I had I've had so many ideas. Um, like thinking about how Trish Stratus talked about why she retired from pro wrestling. Do you remember why she retired from pro wrestling in two thousand and six? Was it because she wanted to go and like start a family or something? Exactly, because back then you couldn't. Women couldn't do both. Uh, it was either have, be a mom, have the family or have a career. Meanwhile, Becky has gotten to have it all. And wouldn't that be every single reason for Trish to feel just a a certain way about one Becky Lynch? The fact that Becky Lynch- Oh man, are we gonna get into that territory? (laughs) I would love to see that because it's it's a pretty valid reason for somebody to be upset. Becky gets to bring her kid on the road. Becky gets to have her husband by her side. That's Um, not bad, honestly. (laughs) Becky has a, has a, 
I mean, she got herself her own bus to basically be able to take care of her kid while on the road. Trish Stratus didn't get any of that. Trish Stratus had to stop wrestling to uh, to start a family to have all of that. And again, the to top all that off, Trish looks like she hasn't lost a beat. And so I am all in on this. I'm very happy. Trish Stratus turned heel. I'm good with this. So yeah, I know that you're a really big Trish fan and this was just to give a little background. So you and I, I forgot which WrestleMania were we talking about this? Well, one of the WrestleMania rewinds that you and I did, we were talking about like, you know, whether or not, like I knew you're a big Trish fan even back then. I never was a Trish fan, like uh-huh. ever. I, I was always, you know, I was just more of like a Lita fan. I was a China fan. I was never a Trish, a Trish fan. And I think the reason for that was because I didn't see her like, she wasn't cool to me. I don't know how else to explain this, but to me, cool were China and Lita and like those type of women. Trish Stratus so, had Lil Kim performing her theme song. How is she not she cool? She wasn't cool for me. Like, it, okay, she, I, I get think, it. She I get wasn't it. relatable to me as a young female. I didn't relate to Trish Stratus. Like, to me, she just wasn't cool. And so I didn't. I think actually, you're. So you're describing cool kind of in a. Uh, more as in like uh, yeah because you got to keep in mind where i where i was at during this time i was a young yeah. girl and so to me cool was you know a badass chick it was so more like a, so, so less alt in uh i mean so more alt and less like kind of yes for better yes. for lack of a better term less mainstreamy and she right. has a very mainstream she's more of that like appeal yeah. right uh-huh. you know and so i was never really a fan of hers like that wasn't what i was drawn to that that like i had no connection with her as a as a female viewer i just did not have a connection with trish stratus and so i think it's different for you know every type of fan but for me i just never had that connection and the the only time that i can say i was uh not, not even a trish fan but that i was interested in what she was doing was because I was freaking obsessed and I mean obsessed with Mickey James. Mickey Ooh, James okay. to me was just and to this day, I just still think she's brilliant. And I don't think she gives she gets any of the credit that she deserves. But that feud with her and Trish Stratus was the first time I was legitimately interested in something with that regarded Trish Stratus. But the reason I was so interested in it was because of Mickey James. Like I had never seen um, a character like Mickey that was, you know, out there and she was, you know, psycho and crazy and she was just so cool. And like the way she dressed, I thought was really cool. Um, you know, and so I, I I didn't understand the, the in fact, like the making out part. Like, obviously I was a kid. So I was like, what's happening here? You know, I don't know what's going on. I was new to this world and all of that. But I just, that was the first time I was legitimately interested in her. So I feel like I, started respecting Trish once I got older. Once I got older and I looked back at like things that Trish had done, I'd seen it differently, I saw her differently, but in real time, I wasn't a fan. So Looking you know back it, now, I, I do respect and admire what Trish Stratus did, but I didn't feel that way at the time. See, you know what it was for me? Um, it was, I, I can explain all of Trish's appeal for me. Uh, I was going to say, I think a lot timing. of people here could could explain the appeal. Hold on. Hold on. It may not go the way you're thinking. <laughs> um, like, sure. It happened to be the fact that I was 12 when Trish showed up. And uh, look, it's Trish Stratus on my TV who, who can, you little know. Little Will. Little Will. Yeah, with exactly. Like, little, little eyes, little hearts popping out of your eyes. <laughs> but this was, this is the interesting thing. So I talk about Trish's evolution as a performer. So of course, like, look, 12 year old, 13 year old me was like, oh my God, look at Trish Stratus, um, seeing her on TV. This is the first, like 
all anybody had to show me was cleavage when I was 13. And I'm like, yes. But when she started to make that transition to being an in-ring performer and being a good in-ring performer was right around the time that I started making the transition as a fan to appreciating in-ring work. And so it was like this perfect combination of her having the sex appeal to a 13 year old. But then all of a sudden, as I'm starting to turn 14 and she's starting to have these matches with Victoria, with jazz, with, uh, with Molly Holly, all those feuds she was having in 2002, uh, that was just the perfect transformation of a performer because she could have very easily gone the way a lot of models have in professional wrestling, which is that, you know, they're there for, to be eye candy, but for the most part, um, the ring work is, is subpar, but, she turned it around and became the top at her craft while also being the strongest of sex appeal in WWE. And so it was like this perfect combination of performer for me. And yeah, I just, my fandom never stopped. I was just an obsessive Trish fan after that. And that's exactly why it was that transformation she made to in-ring performer. Had she not made that transition, I might've turned into a snob about it and be like, Oh, well, Trish Stratus doesn't perform in the ring, <laughs> but I, uh, but it was, Stratus. Uh, but she, but she did, she became this great in-ring performer and she became everybody's best match at that time period. She was Molly Holly's best matches. She was Victoria's best matches and uh, she's Trish Stratus. And so at this point she's, she's iconic in terms of professional wrestling to me. And I have met her like three or four times and it's always been uh fantastic every time i did she signed multiple things for me um i have another one around here somewhere and i have an action figure up there well and we pop, get it and we a get pop it, figure will. that signed will. right where's will. that sign stop right, we get there. it will time anyway out. nope I, i'm doing this look i am a trish stratus fan so her heel turn did it all for me love trish um and that's my number three this week anyway so really quickly i did get because i only watched the highlights this week for raw um and so i did watch the turn and i'm looking forward to it i'm looking forward to like all of the different like you said directions that they can go in with that we got reggie simmons who sends in a super chat thank you so much to reggie who says just showing support cm punk discourse on twitter has fried my brain lol have a great show well the cm punk discourse you can get into so many different layers and facets of it all just because so much is involved in it um it's a complicated situation i mean damn i feel like we've been obviously talking about all of the cm punk stuff the elite stuff since um since everything went down and what can i say man it's been a a, a very worth a very interesting conversation all the time do you have anything new you want to add to this will i feel like i've exhausted everything i've ever had to say about cm punk and the elite until something really new comes out new 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 I mean, I'm glad it's all finally out there about the the potential brand split stuff with AEW Collision happening. And do you agree? Do you agree with the brand split? Do you think it's a good idea? Because I don't think it's a good idea. I think no, I think it's a disastrous I think it's, idea. But yeah. uh, <laughs> what are we gonna do here? Um, if yeah. if that's the only way we can make this work, now Reg brought up a good point to me, and maybe he's right about this side of it. One of the biggest complaints I tend to have about Dynamite is that uh, Dynamite works on kind of this like every other week basis where certain things will happen and then the following week other things will happen that aren't really related to the last set of things and then we kind of alternate each week and if 
we can get less of that where both shows can then function on a week to week to week basis. I think that would make for a better show than um, what we get right now. Like I like Dynamite, but I do think that I want to see the show flow week to week to week rather than the alternating week stuff. And if the doing a split show gets us that, that might not be so bad. Um, How do you feel about investing an additional day of basically watching another two hour program. How do you think that's going to change your uh, schedule for the week? Keep in mind that you're a dad, your father will, I know your kids are wrestling fans, but still, how does that impact your life? Cause for me, it's a lot. It's definitely a lot. Denise, I, I like to have breaks. Will we're talking about Monday, raw Tuesday, NXT Wednesday, dynamite Thursday, I mean, maybe you'll get a break, but some people watch Impact, ROH, Friday, SmackDown, and Rampage, Saturday, AEW Collision, not to mention WWE PLEs are on Saturdays, and then AEW does their pay-per-views on Sundays. Maybe you'll get a break on Sundays, sometimes you won't. Either way, that's a lot of And this of is not even including all the other wrestling that there is out there, by the way. Yes, that's a lot. Now, this is what AEW wants. AEW has wanted... They don't want to be supplemental programming for WWE. That was the goal from day one. They wanted their own ecosystem. Everybody who's, besides WCW, they were the only promotion that existed in their own ecosystem. Whereas Impact has always kind of positioned themselves as supplemental programming to WWE. Uh, and AEW wants to see themselves as, if you just watch our programming, you'll be fine. You could literally just watch AEW shows and you would still have Elevation Mondays, Dark Tuesdays, Dynamite Wednesdays, ROH Thursdays, Rampage Fridays, Collision on Saturdays. You could watch nothing but AEW programming and still get seven days worth of, or six days worth of your week, sometimes seven if there's a pay-per-view. And that's ideally what they want. They don't want to be seen as a show that, hey, you could watch us when you're not watching WWE. They want to be your replacement for it. And so in that sense, doing another show works. Uh, I just... It's all really, really interesting. May 17th is reportedly the day. That's the day of the Warner upfronts. Uh, and they're going to make a lot of announcements. Um, what this tells me, because the money isn't there to do a second show as it currently exists with their current deal. So doing a second full-time two-hour show tells me that they secured a new TV deal. Because And it's got to be for significantly more money than what they're getting currently. Because under the current deal, that's not going to work. Um, so, yeah, we'll find out at the Warner Upfronts uh, how this works. But they may be spreading their fans too thin. Guess we'll see. I don't know. I think, like, there's a lot of pros and cons to this. I would say that one of the cons, and this was just me thinking, you know, uh, I feel like if you do do this, like, separation of the roster... I, I don't know, like, I, I kind of worry that, you know, because if you're going to, let's just say, like, you have CM Punk, you know, people that are okay with working with CM Punk on one show and maybe whatever, like, I feel like it may cause, like, how do I explain it? Like, you know, this separation where it's like, oh, well, those people are on those show, that means they're on CM Punk's side, you know? And with all of that type of stuff, like, I just feel like that has to probably cause, I don't know, some drama, did, like, are, are we thinking about this? Am I the only person who thought about this? I don't no, know. I've thought about that. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of people in the locker room. I had a good conversation with somebody on 
uh, Thursday. And there's a few people in the locker room that don't care. They are right, just exactly. Like, Some people just want to get on a show, but that doesn't yeah. mean that everybody knows that. True. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I mean, like at this point, this may solve like the TV issue. What are you going to do about pay-per-views though? Uh, they would have to do joint pay-per-views regardless. Right. 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 <laughs> this, no, <laughs> this could blow up everything or it could work out. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I, I see a lot of questions in the chat about what does this mean for Rampage? I think people don't understand what Rampage was always supposed to be. Rampage was always, always supposed to function as Dynamite's third hour. It was never supposed to be its own thing. Because I see people going, well, why don't they just make this Rampage? Tony Khan said from day one, Rampage was supposed to be an additional amount of content from Dynamite. Um, it, he compared it in the first podcast he did talking about it. He compared it to heat he did not compare it to smackdown and i think that that's how i've always looked at rampage is more compared to sunday night heat and in that sense rampage can stay that uh i don't think rampage is affected by any of this all righty and let's go ahead and press on from here so mine's really quick for my third best of the week by the way uh so i'm actually Simon, as we were talking about impact wrestling earlier i'm going with something from impact this week I know. Ring the bell. Something new on this show. Um, And I think once you know exactly what I'm going with, I think you'll get exactly why. Um, Sometimes I just like to sit back and have a pleasing match unfold right before my eyes. I like to have a good time. What can I say? I watch this. I, I watch this sports that I can just chill and have a good time. And anytime you got me, you know, marking out or whatever, it's always a good time for me. So with that being said, I'm giving this one to the four-way match that they had with a Laredo kid defeating Lindsay Dorado, Black Thaudus, and Rich Swan. Um, this one was really cool. The finish, we ended up seeing a top rope Spanish fly, which was fun. This one to me was just a good time very enjoyable that's all i ask for sometimes i just want to sit back and enjoy what i'm watching on the screen and this gave me just that so that was a very quick one for me uh will what was your second best of the week second best of the week uh i'm gonna have to go with the match that opened aew dynamite no no what you're thinking folks you're just picking this because your cousin's in it um <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> and you might be right, but man, am I always happy with uh, seeing Swerve do his thing um, as a heel on TV. Uh, this match opened up Dynamite in Milwaukee. We saw Darby Allen go one-on-one with Swerve Strickland. Um, you know, and I've I've told Tony Khan this, that I've told multiple people this, that I I think Dynamite is best when it has things that kind of flow throughout the show when it's like it's not just when there's at least one storyline that takes up multiple segments and um, like weaves in and out yeah yeah that weaves in and out you know i was very high the last few weeks seeing the bcc BCC, elite stuff yeah Yeah, you know take up multiple spots in the show and it was kind of nice to see that uh bringing swerve back to dynamite um included using him in the opening then doing a middle segment and then rounding out the show with him i thought that that was a um a cool way to bring a different storyline there but the match itself darby allen versus swerve strickland uh was such a smart match 
in the sense of continuing to tell the story of Darby Allen and Swerve and their uh, going after their past, going after the fact that Swerve feels he created Darby Allen and that anything Darby Allen does is just a testament to what Swerve was able to do to bring Darby to this level. And uh, again, I just think these two have so much chemistry. Darby launching himself at Swerve in the beginning again. Uh, it it felt, felt like it's been forever since we've seen Darby go full speed at his uh, suicide dive and seeing Swerve take it the way he did. Um, also, the Poison Rana off the ring apron looked amazing. But then the match kind of took a turn going into commercial break, and we come back, and it's really uh, Darby working over Swerve's foot, and uh, he literally bit that man's foot and uh removed his shoe he he worked over the foot and it became uh kind of a more cerebral match for darby allen and this was you know when you hear that these two are going to go at it and they've been at it in the indies a million times they literally there's if you search darby allen and swerve there's multiple full matches you can get they've gone at it for 40 minutes these two have slaughtered each other on the indies and you know what they can do together but to do it this way, in a very interesting storytelling type way, I thought was uh, really fun to watch. It gave us a different side of Darby Allen, And on top of that, it showed Swerve kind of fighting from behind in a very heel fashion. But at the same time, getting him back on TV to establish the, the mogul embassy. I was really happy with this. This was great TV. Well, Will, I knew we were going to have this similar because this was also my second best of the week. Um, You covered a lot of it. I just want to say that for me, the reason why it was on this list was, first of all, we already kind of ran down some of the chemistry or like rather the history um, that leads to the good chemistry between Darby and Swerve. And that really, really does show. And it definitely showed in this match. And for me, it was like literally right off the bat, you see uh, Darby go in there with like so much energy, like a stunner and this freaking dive that he did. I mean, we need like I someone just uh, put that out in a gif, excuse me, a Thank gif uh, on uh, Twitter. And obviously I had already seen it on TV, but I then seen it afterwards on, on t- sometimes when you see things on a gif, sometimes it doesn't hit the same way as it did like when you were watching it first. But and so I wanted to see, okay, am I still going to be impressed by this dive if I watch it in GIF format? And can you still get the context of the whole like, can you still get the impact right in this GIF? Hell yeah, you do, by the way, that freaking dive that Darby did right at the bat, like right off the beginning of it, man, I was so into that. But then Darby, like literally going in and doing like a swanton right afterwards, it was just like back to back to back things that I think kind of kicked kicked in the match into like a really nice like high gear and I even put this on Twitter and it was like the best way that I I could explain it was like Darby is being extra Darby today in that way that I felt like he was just adding more uh he was just hitting things like more like it it felt like he went in there with an extra pep in his step you know that's not saying that Darby doesn't usually have that but he just I don't know man like dude looked really excited to be in this match and was just hitting things extra harder and that was definitely um enjoyable to see I like Swerve you know basically uh taking off the belt and then smacking Darby with it I thought that was pretty cool um the freaking reverse 
the re the reverse hurricanrana that he did on the uh, outside derby. Right, that was, one that about, was yeah. really freaking crazy too. Like all of those things, there was just so many different um, facets of this match that I really enjoyed. And even with the um, the embassy coming in and getting involved here, I, I didn't feel like it was, you know, I, I felt like it was fine. Like I was not really into the mogul affiliates because I just didn't really, I don't know. I was kind of like, not really into the pairing well and i know you know this we know this uh -huh. but i feel like i'm definitely liking this direction a whole lot more than where we were at um previously yeah i think it's it's much better it's a much better fit and uh i think we're gonna see more out of that speaking of swerve by the way um triple mania 31 tonight um oh yeah he's he's got the the main event with uh vikingo commander Dude, Rich Swan yep. and Swerve in that for the uh, AAA Mega Championship. That'll be cool. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna make sure to watch that because I I need to see that. That, that seems like your I need type to see of that. match. That yeah, very much yeah, seems. I know, I know. It's very <laughs> obvious the things that I like, man. And you know, people try, some people try to shame me on that. By the way, I don't like that shit. You know, like what you like, man. I don't like when people are like, "Oh, you only like this. You only like that." Shut up, man. Like it's supposed <laughs> to be entertaining stuff, man. No, uh, you know, was... honestly, the most endearing thing I heard going uh, that I am sad I missed of all the things I missed at WrestleMania weekend. Everybody the was telling concert? me, "Oh, oh, oh, no, the, no, no. the Ring of Honor match, right?" Yeah, everybody's yeah. telling me, and I saw the match. Oh, I'm not talking about that, uh, but I, I'm talking about you watching the match. Everybody was like, "Did you had to see Denise?" watching commander well, versus everybody <laughs> who was watching everybody. me when they should have been watching the match they're like denise going nuts watching this match over the moon was like almost as much of a highlight of the match as the match itself who are you hearing this from <laughs> who are these people that there's are multiple watching people me? in the section by you sean phil reg like everybody's like denise going nuts for this match was just as entertaining as watching the match itself by the way, I'm going to say this one thing, and I know some people are going to criticize this, but when it comes to like being press and wrestling, I'm never that person that just like sits there. If I'm legitimately excited about something, I'm going to react to it. Okay. Like I'm first and foremost, a freaking fan. So first and mm -hmm. foremost, if I'm enjoying something and you're able to get me out of my seat, you're damn well, I will get up out of my seat, man. Yeah, I know. I don't like the idea. I mean, I get it if you're covering a legitimate sport. Um, yeah, in of which, course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, yes, you must sit there and be yeah. objective. I be have a story on that, by the way, Will. Oh, no. So my Please first tell. time that I was uh, covering Bellator, I was sitting next to Mark Ramondi, who's a freaking expert, brilliant guy, such a nice guy. So during something, I like kind of did like a little like clap. And I just felt Mark put his hand down like this. He just pushed my <laughs> hand down. And I was like, and he looked at me and he's like, and I was like, oh, sorry. It was so funny, though, because I didn't because I'm so used to like in wrestling. It's OK. I don't give a damn. You know, yeah. it, it, I, I don't care. Like, I'm going to react. But when you do, you know, you're talking about how do I say this? Uh, you know, non-scripted sports, you know, and you got to be, you know, a certain way, then obviously you got to change your behavior. Well, a, a big piece of it is because yeah, with wrestling, it doesn't matter, right? Like it's all predetermined. So you're basically just applauding the performance, what you're seeing. You're reacting in a way that they're supposed to. But on the other hand, when you're covering legitimate sports, you're not supposed to have a dog in that fight. You're right. not necessarily, and so they they see it as a taking a side uh, mm -hmm. and 
cheering on somebody to win and that that's not necessarily how you're supposed to do it in a place where it's not predetermined i know this having covered the denver nuggets as a denver nuggets fan and not being able to cheer (laughs) my team while i am in the building because i was media at the time and i'm just like i just want to stand up and chant let's go nuggets but i have to sit here and act like i don't care if the lakers win this game no i freaking care that the lakers lose this game speaking of which go nuggets they do play the uh minnesota timberwolves tonight and see with wrestling i see it differently too because i see it as a form of respect yeah if you're going out there and you're doing something and obviously you want to get a certain reaction from the crowd um who am i to like not partake in that you know i'm sorry right like if someone (laughs) be honest will are you gonna like let's not even talk about this let's just say i don't know somebody else that you watch a podcast stuff are you going to stop watching someone's podcast because you found out that they clapped and cheered during a match um no but i'm also exactly. like not an idiot but i recognize that there are people who would do that so that is definitely not my style i'm gonna go out like there oh denise you're such a, a mark damn time yeah. no honestly though that 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 really actually made me happy hearing how much you were into that match but then it kind of sucks too because you can tell when i'm not as interested in something because <laughs> then i'll just be like cool <laughs> but when i'm really interested in something you'll know it um i was gonna say one more thing and now i kind of forgot but um anyways well now i'm glad that everyone's talking about me behind my back couldn't say it to my face will positively i don't care <laughs> say it to my face <laughs> <laughs> All right, but I was really gonna say something and now I freaking forgot. But anyways, Orion Ben six 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 sends in a super chat saying, "How many pom poms do you have on you, dude? Freaking Sting was out there looking like a magician, bringing out mm-hmm. them pom poms." I know I'm in sweatpants, so I wouldn't be able to fit that many on me right now. I don't own any pom poms. I'm sorry. Ray Rock sends in a super chat saying, "Chipping in for Will's pay, best duo in the IWC period." Thank you so much, Ray, for that. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Seriously. All right. And uh, we got one from Devil Kazuya who says, my worst, uh, BC Gold promo, Jay White. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Jay White deserves a better. Um, what are you talking about here? Okay. Hold on. So, I'm a slowing process right now. Oh, he's talking about the fact that it was the Jay White cutting the promo on Dynamite announcing the Bullet Club Gold. Um, oh, I, I I'm gonna, I'm gonna, Yeah, I didn't think it was bad either. I, I'm in wait and see mode. Um, Yes, I would like to see Jay White do something else other than Bullet Club. So them announcing Bullet Club Gold as a part of AEW. um, I I just, it's even weird to me even having the Elite and the Bullet Club in the same company, uh, considering what the Elite even is. And so uh, I hope you don't go too far without doing something with that. I don't know. Well, I, I'm in wait and see mode. I'm not going to down on it just yet, but uh, Bullet Club Gold being a thing in AEW is a little odd when there's already so much faction stuff going on. Will DeBeast says, did either of you watch Swerve versus Nick Wayne for the Defy title? Swerve, Wayne, Darby, Brian Danielson, all making us proud here in the Pacific Northwest. Um, Will, I didn't get to watch it. Thoughts? Yep, it just dropped on YouTube on Thursday. And yes, I did watch it. Uh, this was... Uh, one, I recommend set aside some time to watch this one. It's very long. But uh, this was the performance that if you weren't sure if Nick Rain- Nick Wayne was ready for TV, uh, give this a watch. And I think you'll feel 
pretty positively going forward as to what he has to offer. And especially considering Nick Wayne's first Dynamite match is July 12th against Sora Strickland on Dynamite. So uh, give yourself a taste of what could be to come. This was a bloody affair. This was very, very good. And uh, you also get to see a bit more of that sadistic side of Swerve that he's really been trying to bring out as a heel character. Defy has really let him play around with that and have fun with it. It's a great match. And uh, if you've never seen their first match, I recommend watching that one first because there's a lot of callbacks to that first one in this match. And you really get to see Nick Wayne get his revenge for everything that took place there. And he's the new Defy champion. So Pacific Northwest winning. Matter of fact, I thought about the Pacific Northwest in this first match when Darby faced Swerve because the referee was Aubrey Edwards, also from the Pacific Northwest. That whole match was actually an homage to the PNW, and uh, I like that a lot. Well, the Beast, thank you so much for the super chat, and good to know that it's on YouTube as well. So it makes it really easier to uh, to oh, watch. Yeah. Also, speaking of which, if you want to get to know Nick Wayne a lot more, I did an in studio interview with him. Um, you guys can check that out here on my YouTube channel. Just type in Denise Salcedo, Nick Wayne. It's a really great interview, really good insight, and because it's in studio, it just looked better. You get just a different. It's a totally different vibe when you're doing an in person interview than you know via on screen that was uh, such so a great time you. doing all the in-studio stuff. yeah uh, it was at, at it definitely Wire. was um Caden C sends in a super chat saying Denise watching the Lucha Brothers and LFI was so fun why is everybody watching me don't nobody watch me anymore I'm not gonna react <laughs> anymore that's it I'm just gonna stand there for every match like this I'm going to have a poker face. Are you kidding me? There. You promote watch-alongs. Why would you not want people watching you watch stuff? <laughs> it's different when I'm promoting. Okay, if you're going to watch me, watch me in the watch-along, not at the actual show. It's Are different. you saying it's watch weird. me where, where it makes me money? Is watch <laughs> me where it makes me money. There you go. Thank you, Will. That's going to be my slogan. Watch me where it makes me money, okay? I don't make money if you watch me at the show. <laughs> Bro, I got rent to pay. I got bills. I'm trying to get some savings here. Uh, anyways, Jared. Hey, I think you're onto something, though. What? You got to live stream your reactions at live events. Oh, no, no. No, come on, dude. No, no. Have you ever seen those influencers that, like, go everywhere with their phone and are like, Yes. Okay, so here's all. Oh, that's very annoying to me, okay? And I oh. vlog. Yeah, have somebody else do it. Have no, uh... no. I just feel like it would look like I'm so full of myself if I do that. Again, you don't have to do anything. Anybody else just sitting there filming you the whole time? No, I think there's money in that. I'm, I'm gonna feel like a fucking Print. like. What do you call those? Um, a train seal. <laughs> I'm gonna be like. Burr, 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 burr. I don't want to be a trained seal, Will. <laughs> All right, so only watch me on watch-alongs. All right, Jared sends in a super chat saying, my worst of the week, break Karen Breaker, uh, Baker, constantly bearing Thunder Rosa on All Access, but that's every week. I haven't watched not one episode of All Access. Will, you seem like the type of person who's watched All Access. Am I wrong or am I right here? What is that you supposed to mean? You... Yes, I have watched it. Yes, Yeah, but... I know that. <laughs> But the, uh, as a matter of fact, I, I talked about on Grab City my little bit of a uh, mark out moment for myself 
was there's a moment on this week's episode where Tony Schiavone and Britt Baker are sitting at a table um, having lunch. And then Tony Schiavone's like, did you see what Tony said about Thunder Rosa? And um, they pull up uh, a quote from Tony Schiavone or from Tony Khan about uh, his answer on the media call about the interim title. And I was like, I asked that question. That was my question. I influenced the show. I helped make a moment happen in the show. Uh, so that was fun. Uh, other than that, I mean, I like the show in general as a, just a look behind the scenes of, um, of pro wrestling in general. I think it's a bad idea to have immediately after Dynamite because I think to be watching Dynamite and then go, okay, now that stuff you were just watching, here's how we're going to break it down and show you that it's not real. I don't think wrestling needs to fully present itself as real, but I just think that this show should be used to get people into wrestling, not be used to get people into reality um and uh, so do you like some, the show Is i think good? it's great yeah i think it's great i think uh you know the, the, a lot of it has been centered around like following around sammy guevara somebody had pointed out that your interview with ty um did some tie-in with some of the things that were ha- because all of this stuff was filmed around uh it's all like full gear ish back in november right and so like uh you know ty conti is talking about how uh, you know, she's concerned that her relationship with Sammy Guevara has derailed her career a little bit. Um, there's there's concerns about that uh, in the show because she mentions how she was on, like, she did this run of pay-per-views where she was the challenger to Britt Baker at Full Gear. She challenged Jade Cargill at Revolution at Double or Nothing last year. She was in the tag match with Paige Van Zant, And then they put her on screen and made her a heel with Sammy Guevara. And since then, she's felt like she hasn't really gotten any performance roles. And she's like, was it a mistake putting our relationship out there? And that, that's stuff that, like, you know, is actually really interesting to follow. Um, we got to see... Sammy really talking about putting together a match with three of his idols, which I never even considered. You and I sat and watched that match together, and we loved that match. It was one of our favorite matches of the night um, The at Full Gear, the Sammy Guevara, Brian Danielson, Claudio, and a Chris Jericho match, right? It was right? one of my favorite matches of the night. Right, and I never even considered that, like, Sammy is in there with three guys that he, like, grew up watching and, like, it's you know, true. he's... And he's like, if I shit the bed tonight, this is a problem because yeah. he was like, if something goes wrong in this match, everybody's going to see it as my fault because no one's going to put that on Daniels. No one's going to put that on Jericho. No one would dare put that on Claudio. They're all going to see this as my problem. Mm-hmm. And I I hadn't even thought of that. Like, it's it's made Sammy an endearing person. I'll say that. He's really been the focus of the last few episodes of uh, now we get why he canceled the vlog because uh, he's really had to focus on filming this show and filming his his way into uh, getting back, his way into building his reputation back up. You see his makeup with Eddie Kingston. They filmed that. Uh, It's been pretty good. Like, obviously, it's reality TV, so you know that they're doing a lot for the cameras. But uh, I just, as a look behind the curtain, putting together matches, things along those lines, seeing Sammy and Brian Danielson talk about their two out of three falls match, I think it's a great show for that reason. Nitro Dust sends in a super chat saying, Denise, would Jade Cargill defeat Big Mommy? I don't know. I don't know, actually. I have no idea. We got a super chat here from Cadence. It says, time for me to start vlogging Denise's reactions. No, Cadence not going to make money off of me. Anime Taco 2 says, Denise is becoming the anti-Liv Morgan. I don't get it. Um, I don't How am I the not- anti-Liv Morgan? 
Does she vlog like 24-7 or something? I don't know. I have no idea what you mean by that anime otaku. Okay, CM Pepsi says you're not a seal, but a fool to pass on that idea. Nah, nah, I don't These want are to. clearly people who all want to see your no, live reactions no, to matches. No, 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 I refuse. <laughs> Tune into the watch alongs. <laughs> Launchpad sends in a super chat saying, Hollywood South State on reality TV personality Will Washington. We should have a reality show. Are you down for that, Will? Uh, I don't know, maybe. Oh, all sure. of a sudden? All of a I sudden? I mean, look, look uh, honestly... Uh, the last few events, I'm not going to talk about what they are, but the events of my life recently have, have been reality TV worthy. for the reality show. <laughs> yes. Let's leave it at that. We'd have some good footage. We would. David Kaplan sends in a super chat saying, hi, Denise. If you heard Taylor Swift would be, uh, if you heard Taylor Swift would be performing at a concert, like a halftime show at Crown Jewel, would you go? Um, I wouldn't have to because she wouldn't go. So it's pretty simple. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty simple. Um, all right. So let's go ahead and press on from here. We got another super chat from Cadence who says, wow, Denise, you're totally in your reputation era. I had never left the reputation era. I was born into the reputation era. All right. I know, Will, you don't get it. You're out on this one. You're out of the loop of this one. All right. So let's go ahead and press on from here. And uh, let's see what else we got next. Uh, it's time for our worst of the week, right? Yep. Yep. All right. Here we go. Will, what's your worst of the week? Oh, okay. Jared says, Liv is watch me. Denise says, don't watch me. I get it now. Thank you. That one needed some explanation, Jared. Sorry. Uh, but thank you so much for the super chat. All right. Will, your worst of the week. So Rampage came on after the NBA uh, play-in game between the Bulls and the Heat. Shout out to the Bulls for really fighting and staying in there as long as they could, but the Heat pulled out the victory. They walked away, going on to the playoffs. And then I watched Rampage. I actually enjoyed Ozzy Open versus Best Friends. FTR cut that promo. They talked about being or sticking around for another four years. That was cool stuff. Seeing Taya. She's been really showing out on AEW TV. Great stuff. But then we got this rap segment. JAS. I like this hat. I like this hat. I get it. I get that it's easy heat to rap badly, but that never makes it good. Um, and there has to be a new way to do this where like this idea that people who are bad at rap are like stuck in 1984 when they do it. And, uh, it wasn't like good bad. Like remember when Kurt Angle like rapped against John Cena and it was like Please, Kurt Angle is a comedy genius, okay? Comedy genius. Great stuff. Uh but I thought this just stunk so bad. I love Matt Menard. Um I love Angelo Parker and I actually thought the least offensive person in this segment was Jake Hager. But regardless, this just stunk. Uh, I didn't feel like any of this was hitting. Maybe it did hit 
how did you describe it, Denise? You called it. Uh... <laughs> okay, we'll finish. That okay, fine. Thing. You can say it on the air. <laughs> you know what? I'll say it. I'm gonna be honest with what my okay with that. Okay, fine. Well, let me just say I'm also picking it as worst of the week. Oh, I didn't really? have okay. anything, but and so I was like, "Fuck it, I'm going with this." When you sent me the video, because I did my sling only recorded up to a certain point because it had recorded yeah. most of the game, so it didn't the game record. ran long. Yeah, right, exactly. So I didn't get to watch everything. I was so happy that the only thing I really cared about was that tie match uh, with Emmy. With Emmy, to me, that was like the best thing on Rampage, but I didn't get to watch everything else. So then you messaged me, and you were like, "Oh, you didn't watch the." jazz segment and i'm like no but the second you said it was the jas i'm like oh i already know this is gonna stinks whatever so i watched the video <laughs> will sent me the video and i'm very sorry i don't want to offend anybody but i said this is some white boy comedy and that was the end of that and that's probably why it didn't hit for me uh it's I... not my comedy either i'm sorry this was just well, I have a confession to make. Okay. And I have a confession to make that I feel I need to let out. And I'm sorry if I get canceled for this, but I am not a fan of the Jericho Appreciation Society. Oh, I've tried. I it was canceled. Oh, okay. No, this is no. This is I've Go ahead. I've tried. There's been some things that I've liked. Don't get me wrong. There's been some things that I've enjoyed, but I've gotten recently to the point where. I can't stand the Jericho Appreciation Society and not in a good way. Like in a way where I'm like, oh, this is irritating now. And so when I watch this, I'm just thinking, oh God, this is painful. I'm sorry. I tried. I really did try. I'm not a fan. Yeah. The, uh, Please don't uh, cancel me. No, I, I mean, look, I think that I'm, I'm hoping very soon here. Snap like if Jackal Pop says hashtag not all white boys. <laughs> Look, um, I think that, I mean, hopefully, you know, with Jericho having uh, this rumored upcoming feud with CM Punk coming up, which has a lot of legitimate personal drama, that we put the Jericho Appreciation Society to bed. Because I think that feud cannot center around sports entertainment and bullshit. That feud has to have a focus on the personal drama between CM Punk and Chris Jericho. It can't be this it can't be silly segments it can't be any of this like we got it's been a year now look jericho appreciation society literally started the wednesday after revolution it's been a year i'm done uh and i liked there's one piece i liked here which was the acclaimed coming out and being like Fuck it. Like, there's no time for raps now and going to beat their asses. But then they went to cut off Daddy Magic's nipples. Um, And, like, was that actually going to happen? Was that I was. Did, I did like when Bowens was like, you and your. I, I forgot how he said it, but like, you and your nasty nipples. <laughs> I did laugh at that. Nasty nipples got me. Yeah. And then um, he says, Billy Gunn, he, they grabbed the scissors. Were they going to cut off Daddy Magic's nipples? Is that what was going to happen here? Maybe they were going to trim his nipple hair. We don't know. My son's been stuck on this, by the way, for the last, like, two days. He's been he like, really Dad. they were going to cut off his nipples. He asked me, he's like, Dad, was Billy Gunn really going to cut off Matt Menard's nipples? And I'm like, I don't know if that was going to be the payoff here, but. No, well, me, there's Daddy, an easy yes, way to explain this. You just told, you just tell your son, they were just trying to scare him, son. And so yeah. they prove that he's a chicken, they're chickens by being afraid. 
Because how are you going to tell a kid that there's a good possibility that, or not a good possibility, but how are you going to explain to a kid that, hey, <laughs> they were going to cut off his nipples with scissors here? I don't know. Either way, I didn't enjoy the segment. I don't enjoy the JAS at this stage. And I definitely don't enjoy rap parodies when they're not well thought out. And I didn't think this one was well thought out. You didn't out. think I like I like this hat was like, great songwriting earn an award type deal again that was the part i was least offended by i i it was predictable i was like oh he's gonna mention the hat let's see if he does it and then he did it a second time i think had he just stuck with it the first time it would have been good but it's like uh, they didn't even have a second piece of material no but it's it's bad because okay so across by the way chaos control says denise sets herself up to be canceled only to drop a cold take look i don't people get a okay here's the thing there's people that you think would not have um a huge fan base and then or how do i explain this like there's people that you think that everyone thinks that you don't like them but then all of a sudden you say it and then you get canceled for it like have you ever tweeted uh you don't have to give an example but have you ever tweeted something where you thought a lot of people were going to agree with you and then instead everybody shit on you uh not anymore or like their stance came after you I can't look this happens to me every freaking week now with every take i have that's what i'm saying yeah, at this point, I just recognize that when I put my takes out there, I know what's going to happen. There's going to be somebody who disagrees. That's what I'm saying. So I knew that there was going to be like, I don't know, hardcore jazz stands coming after me or something. But, you know, it's gotten really bad, though. I think the 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 final straw for me was that freaking God. What was that show? Um, The show that they were promoting when they uh, when. Oh, they were, oh, Impractical Jokers. Impractical Jokers. That was it. That was that was the I was the SpongeBob meme. I, meme. I got up and I was like, I right, I'm out. <laughs> that was it. That was the final straw for me on the Jericho Appreciation Society. The in which I'm not going to continue further with this because then I'm just going to keep burying myself six feet. Um. Okay. So we got a super chat here from Grapple Geekery who says, "I have said it before. I love everyone in the JAS. I hate the JAS. It has a uh, drug Garcia tie and Anna J down." Oh, dragged uh, Garcia, Ty, yeah. and Anna Jay down and put right starts in limbo. Yeah, I, uh, I'll say one thing. I think Daniel Garcia is showing some of his best work recently. But it's almost without the Jericho Appreciation Society. It's like, I liked Daniel Garcia in this sports entertainer role. I think it's very funny. I was in the crowd when he was cutting that promo on Adam Cole, and he was like, and I'm one of the best pro... And the crowd was like, oh, did you say it? And he goes, sports entertainers. I like that bit. I like it a lot, but away from Jericho. It's when he's with Jericho, when he's doing Jericho Appreciation Society like group work, I don't care. But when Daniel Garcia gets to be on his own doing his thing, he was actually on um, uh, Hey EW today. Very good. I like Daniel Garcia getting to show more personality. I think it has brought the most out of him, but I just don't want to see it as a group thing. Yeah, and I feel bad because it's starting to impact my interest in these guys individually. Like, if you were, like, I'm no longer interested in Jake Hager, not interested in Angela Parker, Matt Menard. It's really impacting me on all of those ends because I'm like, this is all that, this is the recent content that I'm getting. So that's what's closest associated to you right now until you yes. break away from that and do something different and kind of like win me over back as a viewer, right? 
Yeah. Although shout out Anna Jay for finding something new for herself because she seems to have gotten fat ass and bad attitude over. And uh, I'm curious how that t-shirt sells. All right. It's time for our best of the week. And we'll have a feeling we're going to have the same the best same. of the week. Is, it, the is, it, is it the, is it the MJF sting Darby Allen thing? Yes. Okay. So we got the same best of the week. <laughs> we'll take the floor. All right. <sighs> We've seen a lot from these segments involving the Pillars. We've seen Jungle Boy really hold his own against MJF. We've seen Sammy Guevara. I didn't think that promo really held its own last week, um, and I think it dragged on too long. But the person to me who's really shown the best going up against MJF has been Darby Allen. I think that when Darby Allen gets the mic and gets to go up against Max, he stands toe-to-toe with him and brings up some really, really valid stuff that makes us feel for who Darby Allen is on screen. Um, and I thought that this segment, it was pretty standard MJF stuff, but the stuff MJF had to say was good. Uh, and I noticed, I only noticed in hindsight, but they kept bringing up, you know, Sting being your daddy, daddy this, daddy that. And I didn't even consider that that was all intentional to get to where Sting came out. But I thought Darby Allen was great here. I thought him bringing up, he asked MJF, are you happy? And uh, he said, because, you know, I once wrestled with you six years ago. We wrestled in front of 30 people. And you said once you got to national TV, that was going to be it. You were going to be, uh, that was going to make you happy. And here you are six years later, the same miserable prick that you've always been. Meanwhile, here I am. I got to TV and I realized that I didn't want to be, you know, somebody who pretended to be happy on the outside, but was miserable on the inside. I started going to therapy. And what I realized was that I wanted to make sure that the people around me were. And that's shit I live by, by the way, that I've always said that the people around you aren't. the people you surround yourself with aren't doing well, then are you really doing well? And that's that's just the thing I live by. And hearing that from Darby and talking about, uh, you know, he brought his parents a house, he made sure his dad could retire, and uh, his next goal is to become the AEW world champion. And I thought all that was good. And then Sting comes out. Sting's my favorite wrestler of all time. I know that. Um... I say I know people will say, don't you say Brian's your favorite? Brian's the GOAT. He's the greatest of all time. Sting's my favorite. But I know that Sting has been on the older side most of my life. And sometimes Sting can say some things that make me cringe in that kind of like old person kind of way. We're like, uh, it tried. And boy, was I worried about this when Sting came out. And I'm like, all right, 60-something-year-old Sting about to get in a promo with guys in their 20s. Don't corn this up, Sting, uh, because you've done that in Impact before. And I got a little bit worried when he was like, I'm more like a cheerleader. But that stuff rocked. This stuff was great. He called. He said, I'm less of a, a daddy and more like a cheerleader. And he threw pom-poms, kept pulling pom-poms out of his pockets. The fans chanted pom-poms. And then he brought up, uh, he was trying to allude to daddy daycare. And he said, Cody daycare. And then he went, oh. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say the wrong thing, Cody? Uh, because uh, you had you had a mentor, you had a cheerleader in your corner in AEW, and it was Cody Rhodes. 
just like I had my cheerleader, Ric Flair, uh, just like when I, and he started going through his career and I got really excited because look, I've been a fan of Sting since I was a little kid. And so I started with Surfer Sting. I was a big fan of Crow Sting. I literally just bought an NWO Wolfpack shirt that should be here. It says delivery will be here before 10 PM because I love Wolfpack Sting. And he went through all of those, but he talked about how he had Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. I, and he brought it back around to the fact that he isn't long for this wrestling world. He knows that it's showtime's almost over. But for Darby Allen, he will be AEW world champion. And soon enough, it will be showtime for him. I thought everybody delivered in this segment. I They sold me a ticket. Honestly, they sold me a ticket on a Darby and MJF rematch. Like, I'm liking the Jungle Boy stuff. Do I really need it? Like, at some point, just give me this one-on-one match. I want to see Darby Allen versus MJF one-on-one. Uh, I, I loved everything about this. I thought Sting was fantastic. Darby was great. And MJF always plays his role right. This was honestly the best of the pillar segments. Why did you like this, Denise? So, you know, when this whole thing first started, when we had that original uh, four pillars segment, it was one of those things where I kind of thought like, oh, well, you know, I'm interested in everybody. And I remember Darby won that one to me for me too. Like he won that, you know, whole, like he had the best promo, right? And, but I was still for a couple of weeks after that, I was still interested in, uh, you know, I was still interested in Jungle Boy and Jungle Boy's portion of it. I think Sammy's probably been the one that I've been least, like his portion in it has been the one that I'm least interested in. But I was still set with wanting to see all four guys. Like I was good with that. Mm-hmm. But after this week, though, I feel like now that as much as I like Jungle Boy and as much as I thought he did a great job in this, I do agree with the fact that Darby is just feeling like more um, he's just feeling more authentic. He feels more natural in this spot. And so I almost feel like it should definitely just be Darby and MJF here. And obviously, we've seen their match before. We saw them open. Uh, what was it? Full gear um, where yes. they opened. Yeah, where they opened up that night. And I remember that match being absolutely freaking incredible. And that match has always stood out to me. And so we know that it's going to deliver. But now you have the added addition of more of like, you know, the storytelling with all of this. My favorite part in this was Darby Allen's portion where he said the part about him not wanting to be uh, the guy that's, you know, broken on the inside, but smiling on the outside and this and that. Right. And him talking about his family and going to therapy and this and that and tying it back to the indie days. To me, all of that was brilliant stuff. And instantly, the crowd really got like they, they everybody likes it's like you can tell it kind of touched everybody because everybody had a reaction to this and so I thought that kind of went a long way when Sting came out and I get what you mean by like obviously he's an older man so he's gonna have different comedy that's not probably going to be the same as ours whatever but when he came out with the pom-poms at first I was like what the hell <laughs> it was freaking funny as hell um that was good you know everything that he brought up there with MJF I thought was really good even earlier I forgot to mention the whole morals talk the morals exchange between darby and mjf because that's been something that he already touched on before with mjf was the fact that he the guy has no morals right and so i just really liked the dialogue in this i liked how everybody felt like a big deal when sting said showtime is almost over i was like fuck 
that one hurt. That one hurt in a way where it's like, yeah, you knew. It's not like you thought, oh, Sting's still going to be here for, you know, X amount of years doing this and this and that, right? It's like, it's not like we didn't know, but hearing it and trying to accept it is an entirely different thing because it's freaking, what is it, father time? It's passing. Pe- yeah. It's just depressing. I'm not going to get into that. But for me, this just hit. This felt like a big deal. I loved all of it. It had to be best of the week for me. I'm glad we agreed. No, this 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 needed to be best of the week. I am going to be sad to see Sting go, but I'm excited to see Sting go on his own terms. That he didn't have to go yeah. out via an injury. That his last match wasn't uh, that loss to Seth Rollins in. Uh, at Night of Champions, and that he's got to have plenty more after that WWE run. I am uh, just so pleased to see Sting get to do what he's doing on his own terms. And We got a really, really generous super chat here, so I'm going to take a second and really thank Wildebeest for this. That is um, really generous of you. Wildebeest says, thank you, too, for being awesome. Sting is also my all-time fave, and the main reason I watched wrestling in the 90s and why I'm back watching after 20 years. Sting's return got me into AEW, but MJF, Darby, um, Wayne, Sky Blue, Billy Starks is why I'm staying. Um, Wildebeest, seriously, thank you so much for this very generous super chat. And I have a question, um, Wildebeest. Um, is your name Wildebeest? Because I see it's two L's, because your name is Will, and you're saying Will Beast. Because if so, that's really dope. Um, and if not, I'm stealing that. But uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, this, this is great. All right. But I also do like what he said here. Where he's kind of tying in the fact that, like, you know, Sting was his all-time favorite as well. And then, you know, kind of the new generation that is keeping them interested. Because, that's you know, that's what you want to do, right? That's what you got to do for wrestling to keep going and keep going strong. You got to implement new people, new acts, and get try to get you to fall in love with them like you did with the whoever made you fall in love with wrestling in the first place for will to be it was staying for other people different people for will sting too um so yeah so that's really cool will to beast thank you so much for the super chat seriously yes. and thank you for um, confirming that that was why you named yourself will to beast that's great yeah he said here it is <laughs> all right um dang i was about to say i thought we still had more but no that's it no, that's, that's our it, show. show we went through all of it yes and shout out to everybody in the chat who noticed that it was the original Ninja Turtles game behind me. Um, I'm going to try and keep it going It's uh, and keep changing the game out as I've been doing the last few weeks. Uh, but I swear I'm running out of ideas very quickly. You're running out? How many games does that thing have? I, don't, I mean, I have thousands. It's uh, oh. I could put any game I want on it. But it's just a matter of, oh, what's something that would pop the audience is really what I'm trying oh. to do here. I see. Uh, oh, duh. I, I haven't even gone into wrestling stuff yet. Oh, I got plenty of options. Oh, let's go, see? baby. Awesome fun. Well, don't yes. worry. It's there. All right. So before we go, um, before we wrap things up, in case you guys haven't noticed yet, um, I am about, what is it now? 400 and something, yeah, 400 and something, uh, less than 400 subscribers away from 100K. If you are new here, if you're new to this channel, please hit that subscribe button. Um, The amount of content that goes up on this channel is tremendous. Not only do you get a weekly after the week podcast, but I put interviews up. I put original content. I just put an unboxing video for the most recent AEW All Elite crate. I have a bunch of them if you guys are into that type of stuff. Um, I post uh, 
clips, scrums, you name it, everything that, you know, wrestling fans would enjoy um, is up here on this channel. So please, if you haven't yet, click that subscribe button. Almost at 100K. It's going to be happening in the next couple of days. So please make sure to do that. Will, I was hoping it would happen during this show. I was like, yeah. I had no, a I whole, knew it wouldn't. I knew it wouldn't. I had streamers prepared, all of this stuff. <laughs> Damn, we'll have to save the streamers for the next show. Um, yeah. But we'll plug in whatever you need to plug in. Yeah, um, as long as I remain on Twitter, which is turning into a disaster of an app, um, you can follow me at WilliamRVR, and that's where you can find all my content. I'm going to keep podcasting and continue doing the things that I do, and uh, might be doing some writing here soon. People forget that I'm actually pretty good at that, and it's been a while. So uh, you may start seeing some writing here in the near future, but until then, just keep following. Keep following everybody. Uh, Subscribe to the channel. We'll see you guys back here after the week next week on Sunday, 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. See you, everybody. Bye.